Let's begin with a word of prayer. My prayer this morning, Father, is a simple one, that you would give me a heart for your word and a word for our hearts. Amen. Our scripture this morning comes from John's Gospel, the 11th chapter, beginning with the first verse. It is our custom at Kings to stand for the reading of God's word. So if you are able, please stand. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you. And are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant he was taking a rest in sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I am glad that I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. So Thomas called the twins, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we might die with him. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, 
He was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. This ends the readings of God's holy word. So do you know what I have in my hand? I have a clear, small clear bottle with a little water in it. And I'd like you to think about this. This would be my children's sermon. In the book of Psalms, David asked God to put his tears into a bottle. Well, I call this my tear bottle. These aren't real tears, it's just water. But it reminds me that I have cried real tears. Now, I don't know that God keeps our tears in a bottle like this one. But I do believe that God sees our tears and hears us when he cry. So let's do a survey, children. Do you ever cry? Well, of course you do. Well, I made a list of some of the things that cry, and, and wherever you are, you can raise your hand. Raise your hand if you've ever fallen down and hurt yourself badly, self so badly you cried. Raise your hand if you've ever been so sad you cried. Raise your hand if someone hurt your feelings and you cried. Raise your hand if you've ever cried because somebody else was crying. We all cry, don't we? Did you know that Jesus cried? In fact, the shortest verse in the whole Bible is Jesus wept. Well, Jesus went with Mary and Martha to the grave where Lazarus was buried, and it was a cave with a large stone across the entrance. And Jesus called out, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus walked out of the grave. And I imagine that there were tears then, but they weren't tears of sadness. They were tears of joy. See, we all cry, and I'm glad that we have a Savior who weeps too. I'm glad that he loves us so much that he hurts when we're hurting. He feels our pain, he sees our tears, and he keeps our tears in a bottle. Uh, so, in this era of COVID-19, it is hard to select hymns. Now, we're not going to sing hymns today, but I, I want you to laugh with me a little bit. Probably a hymn we couldn't sing today is Breathe on Me, Breath of God. No, that wouldn't work. Or Precious Lord, Take my hand. No, nope, that doesn't work with social distancing. How about this one? Just a closer walk with thee. No, that would involve breaking the six-foot rule, wouldn't it? Or one of my favorites from the 60s. 
put your hand in the hand of the man who stilled the water, or better yet, he touched me. No, none of these hymns would work in the COVID-19 era. era. But you know, there's some that would work. Trust and obey, or I come to the garden alone, one of my favorites, or an oldie, but a goodie, Jesus walked that lonesome valley. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Jesus was human. Now, in the last two weeks, we've talked about John's use of the Greek word ego ami, and that was the Greek translation of the Hebrew Yahweh. And John definitely wanted us to get the message that Jesus was God. But you see, one of the heresies of John's day, after Jesus had died and been resurrected, was that Jesus was not fully human, that he was so much God that he didn't really die. And John wants to, with this story of the raising of Jesus' friend Lazarus, to paint for us a picture of a fully human Jesus. Now, this heresy has been around for a while that Jesus was either more man than God or more God than man. In fact, St. Anselm wrote a wonderful treatise called Cur Deus Homo, the God-man, because he wanted to paint for his parishioners and for us today a picture of Jesus as perfect God and perfect man. Ego ami, I am the resurrection and the life, Jesus said, his deity and his humanity. He mourned and wept and grieved over the loss of a friend. The perfect man didn't have a perfect life. I want you to hear that. The perfect man didn't have a perfect life. He responded perfectly to the same human events that we share. I'd like you to think for a second, have you ever seen the picture of the laughing Jesus? It was originally done as pen and ink by a man named Willis Wheatley in 1973. It was part of a a four-portrait set, but that's the most famous, and we call it the Laughing Christ. But 40 years ago, when he drew it, it was called Jesus the Liberator. And it's interesting to me that we have pictures of a laughing Jesus, and you've seen the picture of Jesus standing outside the door. We have a knocking Jesus. We've seen Jesus coming out of the water of baptism with the dove, a baptized Jesus. We've seen pictures of Jesus on the cross, a dying Jesus. We've seen Jesus with his hands clasped in prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane, a praying Jesus. And we've seen pictures of of the risen Christ in his glory. But as I rack my brain for the pictures that were on the walls of my church growing up as a child, or even on the flannel graph that Aunt Jan showed us. I don't remember any pictures of a crying Jesus. Maybe it's because a crying Jesus brings his humanity too close. We don't want to know that God cries. And yet, the most important part of this story is that Jesus wept. He wept for Mary and Martha. He wept for Lazarus. And he weeps for us. This story is the human side of Jesus. It's this human side of life. It is hard to go and see a loved one dying. It hurts to say goodbye, 
It hurts even more to not get there in time to say goodbye. When we got the word that my grandmother Madison was dying, I was in college and I was working nights at a, at a gas station. My parents drove from Oakland up to Princeton and I was up because I was ready to go to work at night and we drove through the night to get to Canada, Toronto, to see my grandmother, hopefully before she passed. And we drove through the night pretty much nonstop. And when we got there, we found out that grandma had passed and we had not had the opportunity to say goodbye. When my son's grandfather, Robert Brandt, was going to die, we got the word that he was quite ill, and the majority of our family were in Williamsburg on vacation. But Jonathan, my middle son, who was closest to his grandfather, thankfully hadn't come, and he was in Philadelphia. And he raced to Harrisburg, and he got to say his goodbyes to his beloved grandfather. It hurts to say goodbye, and it hurts not to be there to say goodbye. And when the hand of God moves, we are hopeless to turn or stay his hand. Sometimes when we stand at the side of a loved one who's dying, we have hope for the future, for what comes next for them but we feel hopeless and powerless to do anything on our own. And the truth here is that people die. People die every day. And it has to happen. As much as it's a part of life, it's a part of death. A common misconception of the Christian life is that we are worry-free, that sickness really passes by us, that debts are forgiven and happiness is our baseline. But Jesus in this story demonstrates that it isn't so. Jesus demonstrates for us three things, three truths I want you to take home with you and here they are in quick succession. Jesus wept with those he loved and he still does. Jesus raised people up and he still does. Jesus included others in the healing process, and he still does. A few months ago, I had the opportunity to perform a funeral for a friend. I'd known this friend for close to 30 years. We'd sung together at the opera. We've served together at, at several different churches we carpooled together back and forth to the churches. She was a dear, dear friend. I went to see her in the hospital. And when the word came that she had passed, it was not surprising. I struggled and struggled and I, I worked on the sermon. I met with the family. We told stories. We laughed. We cried together. And I felt prepared. I knew that my friend Robin had known Jesus, she had served him for years, and I was ready to share with the family and friends gathered the good news. A choir of people from the opera and from the Philadelphia Singers with whom she had sung for years got together and we sang and I read the scripture and the prayers and I got up to preach and I was overwhelmed 
Tears filled my eyes. They filled my heart. My voice cracked. I had trouble holding it together. I, I wept openly as I tried to give the sermon at my friend Robin's funeral. I felt ashamed. I felt embarrassed. I felt totally unprofessional. Here I was, the spiritual leader of this event, of this service, of this sacrament. And I couldn't hold it together. I felt like a failure, like I had failed Robin's family and her friends and my God. I made it through the sermon. We sang another song. I said the final prayers. And I was ready to sneak out the side door when a member of Robin's family ran up and grabbed me and thanked me and thanked me for loving her mother so much and for caring so much and for making the the service so personal. In her eyes, I hadn't failed. In her eyes, I had wept with them like Jesus wept with Mary and Martha. Jesus wept with those he loved, and he still does. Jesus raises people up. So you you can't just die an earthly death. That's probably the most common. But there are other deaths that are not so recognizable. There's the death of dreams, of hopes, of plans, or the death of careers, of abilities, or uh, options, the death of relationships, of identity, esteem, even the death of our own inner selves. And Jesus comes He weeps with us and he raises us up and offers us new hope. And Jesus included others in the healing process. Remember, Lazarus came out of the tomb and he was still wrapped in the grave claws. These are the claws that were found in Jesus' tomb, folded at his head and at his foot, but nobody had the opportunity to unwrap Lazarus. And so I want you to get this picture of a mummy hopping out of the tomb, still wrapped up. Somebody needed to unwrap him. And it probably took a a small group. And that's where the church really comes in. We are called to help Jesus as he raises others up, included in the healing process. When we're hurt, we turn to our Christian brothers and sisters for prayer. When we're sick, when we're having financial problems, when we're having relational problems, we should turn to the church. And the church, as a body, lifts us up, heals us in the name of Jesus. Finally, I'd like to share this story with you. A mother was living in a tenement house, and she went shopping for groceries. While she was in the store, a fire engine raced by, and she wondered... Is that fire engine going to my home? She had left her baby asleep at home and forgetting about the groceries, she ran toward home. Her building had fire hoses aimed at it and it was burning like a matchbox. Rushing to the chief, she cried out, my baby's up there. He shouted back at her, it would be suicide for anyone to go up there now. It's too late. A young fireman standing by volunteered, chief, I have a little baby at home and if my house were on fire, I want someone to go up to save my baby. I'll go. The young fireman climbed the stairs. He got the baby, threw her into the rescue net, and just as he did, the house collapsed and he burned to death. 
I want you to think 20 years after this, at a graveside, and a 20-year-old woman is sobbing softly. Before her, at the head of this grave, is the statue of a fireman. A man stopping by asks respectfully, Was that your father? She replies, No. Was that your brother? No, she says. That's the man who died for me. Well, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Jesus wants to raise you from your own death. Be it your dreams, your hopes, your career, your self-esteem. You need to be resurrected. Do you need to be resurrected by a loving God who weeps with you? Take this time to pray and feel God's loving arms around you as the human Jesus weeps with you. Do you need to be reminded that Jesus came to raise you up and not to leave you hurt, hopeless, alone? Take this time to recognize that Jesus as God does the miraculous for Lazarus and for you. And remember, Jesus calls us to be included in the healing, in the reaching out, the calling, the texting, the writing, the Facebook messaging, and the loving of those around us because he first loved us. Amen.